Welcome to episode 380 and 8 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Yes, it is no longer Halloween, but he is still wearing Halloween things and will continue until next Halloween in perpetuity. It's Russell John, the Fisherman. Hello. Hi. How are you? Don't make fun of my clothing. I mean, you wear the same thing year-round. It's complicated. You know, I, it's annoying too because I'm wearing a spirit shop shirt. But yeah, it's the one with the ghost face on it. Which so, I, so I what's love. up with that? Are you a full like brand ambassador oh, at this point, idiot. dude? This, you're the fourth person to ask me if I work there. Dog, I'm like, no, I just support. I I'm don't just ask saying. If you, I don't ask if you're a 12 year old in China every time I see Nike shoes on your feet. First of all, you know I'm in an Adidas phase right now, and I, yesterday I bought some Pumas. I only wear also. Yeezys, I learned. Dude. I learned that the guy who did Puma and the guy who did Adidas they were brothers, Dave. Oh, really? Also, the guy who founded Adidas, big time Nazi. Listen to the latest Joe Rogan episode. Oh, okay. I was waiting for somebody to fact check you, like everybody does on like me. And I've heard it. I've heard it. Yeah. Randy oh King confirmed. Also joining us is Randy Michaelstadt from Atlanta, Georgia. Randy? That's me. If we're talking shoe wear, we all know that I'm a New Balance guy. Oh, Randy, we know. By the way, Randy, where were you, Jan 6? <laughs> uh, I, I was outside. I was taking a walk, you know. <laughs> In your New Balances. <laughs> yep. A tiki. Randy, uh, why do you like the New Balances? Is it the aesthetic or do you like or soon as you put your little puppies... You know, in that in that hole of goodness, that's I, I'm not happy with that sentence. Well, as a uh, ex punk rock kid, I used to be a Vans head and wear strictly Vans. But in my older age, my feet and legs started to hurt, and I <laughs> realized that I have flat feet, and Vans aren't good for that. Is so that I, why? Uh, do you think that that compressed your spine? I'm short because probably. of genetics. Do you think you're short because you wore skate shoes in developmental years? Most likely, yeah. I think that's probably part of the issue. But yeah, my uh, my father always would wear, still wears New Balance shoes. So when I was like, hey, I need to get some uh, older person comfy shoes, it was the only thing I knew, you know? <laughs> Russell, what kind of kicks were you rocking? You strike Hold me as on. an Airwalk kid. Hold on. Nobody's going to push back on him saying in his old age, aren't you the youngest one on this show? You 100%. I think so, yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> What am I wearing? I'm wearing out some. Bl- I'm wearing some blown out Under Armour shoes. No, no, I'm talking about growing up. Oh, uh, I, I think it depends on when. In middle school, Were you it, was Vans? All, it was all basketball shoes. Okay, and then in high school, I uh, I adopted the skater um, costume, like so, Jordans, like Vans. Oh no, I wore like Nikes and shit, but not like okay. anything. That was expensive. Okay, you you didn't go in the sneakerhead no. chuggy turd. No, I had to fight my parents to buy me even those. So, For sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. I didn't care about shoes at all. No. <laughs> Except I had one pair. You still don't? Aren't you wearing like flip-flops right now? <laughs> okay, first of all, I do care about shoes. Go look at my closet. I've got way too many. You have a rack full of Crocs. I there. bought some. Oh, I have zero <laughs> pair of Crocs. Thank you very Camo much. Camo Crocs, blue Crocs, navy blue Crocs. Slides. Baby blue Crocs. I'm pro slides. I think blue is the only color you can see. Well, dabba dee dabba da. <laughs> also, speaking of that song. Um, oh, okay. Uh, allegedly, I have a new job, and allegedly, in my new office, they allegedly play music. And there is a version of that song that's like kind of acoustic y, 
mm-hmm. and it plays all the time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you like it. It's no, it's horrible. Okay, good. But people do like it, and it's become a thing to annoy people with that song. I remember you liked that fun a- places. You liked that acoustic uh, Dragula at the end of Haunt. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know why it made me think of that. I be- uh, Tim Dillon was in Haunt, right? Oh yeah, yeah. one of the cast members. Yeah, he looked like fucking safely select Tim Dillon. He really did. I remember that. Equate Tim Dillon. Um, okay, I feel you about to move it on. Uh, what? No, we and also joining us is Oksana Valerinova Osachi. Osana, how are we? Great. Baby Watch continues. <laughs> I'm huge. My feet hurt. I mean, Oksana, d- d- we could be any day. Keep, you keep saying that. <laughs> we cannot. It's the, the end of the month. He's probably going to be late. Because that's. Well, it's in his he, blood. If he takes after me, he'll yeah. be late. God damn. <laughs> no, that's why. Let me tell you something. Rainy and I are hoping the baby comes our way. Because, because it's the only thing that ever's come early out of you two. Hey, don't lump me in. Don't don't play victim with me. He's guilty by it. I don't buy it. Randy doesn't buy it. And by God, our listeners won't either. Nobody's buying your fucking gaslighting bullshit anymore, Buster. You know, there was a time where I would wake up and I would cook nine eggs a day. And I would go to the gym. You say I'd that. I've never seen you cook anything other than a <laughs> fart out of your ass. <laughs> I'd come home and I'd put on my backpack. I'd be like, it's time to go to work. And I would walk five blocks to work with my backpack on. And then I'd get there 45 minutes early. And Randy, I'd play wait. some like home prairie <laughs> music or something. <laughs> something nice and somber. Then I met the love of my life. And I've never been on time to anything ever again. <laughs> and I pull my hair out. And I end up playing video games for three and a half hours. And I'm like, wait, I was going to be down here for five minutes. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, number one, I'm looking at the table. Uh, I'm looking at a man across the table from me who has plenty of hair. So you're not pulling any hair out. <laughs> and, you know, also what I'm seeing here is you're blaming the mother of your child. It's his fault, too. It's the baby's fault. <laughs> Randy, he's doubling down, my friend. Doubling down. No, they team up on practically everything. So already, already, it's Russell v. Baby. Man, already the court case of the suit. Okay, shut up. Now I have a thing to talk about. All right, and you're all gonna listen up. Here we go. First, new rules. <laughs> this is weird. I'm gonna have to pivot immediately. So right before we start recording, pivot? I um. I told Clark that uh, he had saddened Thomas Burke from the TBR report because uh, what last time we recorded, you made Wait, fun from of the what from the TBR report. No, I'm not going to play the song. I, I just like doing the voice. Okay. All right. Here it is. <laughs> Thomas Burke from the TBR report. The TBR report. All right. You feel better. Goodbye. Now, he texted me. He was like, oh, man, Clark hates the Barbados boys. Barbados boys. And I had to explain to him that Clark hates anything that he's involved with. Correct. And I, yeah, I think I did. I also job. hate things that I'm not involved with that I should be. <laughs> well, I didn't expect this, but he had a counter. And he said, well, please let Clark know that the part of the film that you were involved with, which, again, if anybody's seen the Barbados Project, it's our first found footage movie appearance. Me, Randy, and Clark make an appearance. Oksana was a female, so she was not allowed in the film. 
And it's a Barbados thing. Go, it's, it's their culture. They're working on it. And uh, he sent me a uh, picture from the International uh, Anatolia Film Festival where a uh, best credit scene was given to the Barbados project. So he actually <laughs> said, let Clark and Randy know that you won an award. No way. I'm not joking. Is it real? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Randy, I don't, know, I don't know if you can see that. Up. Hell yeah. That's a category? I, that's what I said. I was like, what the is fuck? Is this for real? Dude, best credits scene, the Barbados project. All right, Randy, we're one for one. We're done, baby. And we made it. One for one. We made yeah. one. We were in one <laughs> fucking movie by accident because a guy likes us. We went a goddamn one. He said, definitely be sure to tell Clark that. I don't want him hating our film. <laughs> I was like, you know. <laughs> to the Barbados boys. I am i don't know. You know, one, I'm shocked. As a member of this show, <laughs> it's the funniest thing. As I've a member heard. of that credit scene, I'm shocked. <laughs> Not because we're a part. Of, well, actually, if anything, Thomas, you made it harder on yourself by putting us in it. <laughs> that is true. But I mean, congratulations. It's 100% because of, oh, come Dude, on. Congratulations. You did a great Tom. job. But also, Ugh. as a film, like as a person who's put together a film fest, why the fuck are you giving out awards for best credit scene? Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really weird best poster design best visual effects uh, i mean that's all there and i get it oh wait hold on best twisted finale did we the, win that too no we didn't <laughs> we were nominated Damn. But, uh, we didn't make it were we no oh. i don't know i just he sent me a picture from their website we could we could do a little bit of looking into it. yeah please we're gonna frame it and put it in this house um okay <laughs> I'll That's print it. it out and I'll hit it. Are you kidding me? This is going to my email signature. Oh, dude. In our resume. <laughs> Winner of the Netherlands. What What did we win? Oh, dude. Can I? Okay. <laughs> again, I did a call out and I was looking for help to make a, um, what What do you put it? A description for this podcast. Yeah. And then he responded. So, you know what? I, we got to drop that award in there. <laughs> the award winning Barbados. <laughs> oh, I can't believe Also, kudos to you for holding that in earlier. I forgot. Good. Oh, wait, wait. You mean that earlier, earlier today? Yeah, because we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. I meant to do it last week, but uh, the Halloween week was just so brutal. But, uh, there's few surprises we get to do on microphones anymore. I, I know. Which is good. So, and good we almost job. blew our load talking about the movies downstairs. Whatever. That was great. Um, other thing, I just wanted to plug um, Spend the Night. That's the Jackie Kong comic book that she's uh, doing a Kickstarter fund. She's, she's got 12 issues written, but each one she's doing a little crowd raising. Um, I don't know why I can't say that. Crowdfunding project for each issue. I read the first one, and um, I, I, can't, I found out about this when I did the Q&A at the Balboa a week ago. And she kept talking about how she had QR codes hidden in there. And when you would read it, you should you use your phone to scan it, and then it would play the music for you. It actually is really effective. I was kind of shocked. Also, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of what happens in the first issue just to get people interested. There's a uh, high school party being thrown. It's a sleepover, girls only. And bada bing, bada boom, one of them ends up dead. Mm. Uh, now to to solve this problem, they asked Siri what to do, and oh. uh, I was like, "Oh, wow, that's good. That's good writing." Well, Siri recommends a uh, voodoo ritual, 
and it works. And I'll just tell you this: the writing is there. She's not reinventing the wheel. So Jodorowsky was the lead designer <laughs> on this version of Siri. No, dude, it um, designer, it's good. I don't know. I yeah, I I got what you meant. Dev, right? You know, is that a dev thing? Now hold on. Good show. We, we we just watched back to back movies in uh to give me something to talk about in this episode. And Clark convinced me to order food in between them. <laughs> God, and, just, you always put the blame on somebody else. Yeah, it was your always. Fault. It was it, no, it was Oksana's fault that we ordered from Little Lucas. Now, if you're not from the Bay Area, they are known for being way oversized. And I mean, this was an inflation sandwich, and I was shocked when it got here. Inflation sandwich. And uh, dude, I felt wrecked after. Okay. Yes. Now, okay, I did suggest. Because our recording time was late, yeah, later than normal. So <laughs> I had not eaten anything, so I was I was hungry. Mm-hmm. We were trying to fit in a double feature. So there was a there was a tight window there. It was not opportune. It mm-hmm. was not great. But you got to think the hungry thing <laughs> had a little bit of time. I didn't tell you to eat an entire loaf of French bread. I didn't, which is what little Lucas ate. Yeah, I ate half, and I put in the notes that. I- if they could please gut it, I would appreciate it. They did. It didn't help. Um, yeah. You're trying so, to do a scooped situation? Scooped bread? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Because I couldn't get off the Dutch crunch. They got great uh, Dutch crunch there. I like to scoop bread. Yeah, me too. And it, it helped, but I'm still hurting right now. I'm feeling, I, I was feeling lethargic. I'm good, though, because we're recording. Yeah. But yeah, spend the night. I highly recommend it. I, it's a new avenue for directors. I feel like indie film is becoming too easily um, available to creative people. They're just making them left and right. And honestly, I'm kind of drowning in the choices I got out there. I don't know what the fuck to watch anymore. And well, uh, don't worry. The war is coming. I, I know. And there will right? be no choices. Um, but like what father tells us. A five minute comic is a really easy commitment. Um, I highly recommend it if you're into comics. Again, the paneling is great. And the music really works. Like, when you play it, you're like, oh, yeah, duh. This, it, it almost makes it feel like a movie. The only problem is you got to fucking take your phone out. You got to get your camera to read it. Then you got to click it. And then a couple. Okay, of the, boomer. Well, no, a couple of the songs aren't on. So first off, it takes you to Spotify, which I think might be a problem for half the people, right? Rogan welcomed you. Well, I mean, like iTunes. Yeah. Like. If you're if you're an iPhone user, I don't know what it's going to do. I don't, Apple I don't, Music. Wait, what's up? Apple Music. I don't even think is iTunes even a thing anymore. I don't. Know. It's all Apple Music now. I they, I, you're not. Yes. Yeah, I don't fuck with that. Shit. I know. <laughs> I know. Even though I probably should, I think they have the best uh, phone security. I don't mess with Spotify. I, I go through all Apple. I am 100 percent clean, which is why I will survive. Because Apple knows something. Okay. <laughs> You're in with Apple, you're safe. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's fun, but it's kind of clunky. I highly recommend it, though. But also, y'all got to get the Denim Devil. I'm about to do another order through them. I'm going to get a damn sweatshirt. So if you want to get something, Clark, now's the time. Okay, well, first of all, you are talking to the Denim Devil. I don't know, <laughs> dude. You, we heard it. The offer was given. I don't know. The offer was given. That's also, what I heard. So Randy, play the tape. You got to go back to the um, Zach and Jared episode, and he mentions co-writing a, a Bigfoot movie. I just saw an article come out about it. That shit looks fucking good. And he told me the Bigfoot suit that they use in it is from Exist, the movie with uh, oh, Eduardo yeah. Sanchez. So <laughs> it's got a little found footage tie-in. I, I asked him how it smelled, and he was like, you know, 
sadly I wasn't there, so I didn't get to sniff it, but I imagine not good. No, dude. Mascot costumes aren't uh Yeah, I know. Super slope. Bigfoot on that movie, like if you watch that movie, it's a lot of stunts going on, so and it's been years, so I can only imagine mildew. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's all that's all the shit I had up top. All right. Uh no further announcements, I don't think. Randy, welcome back. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Uh, for we jump to our boy, um, Randy, I know you participated in the sober October uh, out, Mostly. outside of your Mars Volta experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how how was everything in the push ups? How we feeling? It was fine. Uh, as I told you on this on this here podcast, I took a break because uh, my rotator cuff was messed up, but. It, it got better in like a couple of days. And then after that, I kind of just stopped. So this is how I do things. I get really into things and then I spend, I don't know, a very short amount of time being into it. And then I completely fall off. Damn. I get it. Yeah. I spoke really good Mandarin for three days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm doing no fun November. So this November, yeah. I'm not drinking. I'm doing no coffee. And uh, I'm strictly being on my intermittent fasting, which is why I was like conned into eating that goddamn sandwich. One and day. your first child is coming. You're bad at planning things yeah, out, dude. You're going to be a goddamn nightmare to be around. To fucking grow up, dude. You, you need one of those. Wait, which one of what? You, you need to in, inhibit one of those vices back. You can't nah. cut all three. Nah. No, no, no. No, I've been doing it. I'm good. Caffeine. Honestly, I'll tell you right now. No, see, everybody thinks the coffee thing's about caffeine. It's not. It's just no coffee. So I'm drinking like green tea or some shit right well, now. I thought you literally said no caffeine. No, no, no coffee. Okay, that's what I... But okay. everybody said that. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just no coffee. Okay. Um. Yeah, but the, the no drinking thing so is what is So what is it with the coffee specifically? Why are you trying to kick coffee specifically? I'll tell you right now. It was lunch, mm-hmm. and I was at McDonald's. With my good friend uh, Chris from the Barely Functional Gamers. Yeah, and the I was like, almost me too. This podcast, I wish you wouldn't bring it up anymore. <laughs> and we were sitting there eating a quite large meal. It's like something's got to change, dude. <laughs> it was November first. I'm like, hey, let's just fucking. I'm like, dude, I'm done drinking because it was right after I think we did the. Halloween I mean, if you're thing. in a McDonald's, that is not yeah. the first time that statement's been said. I know. <laughs> Some sketch. <laughs> That's where it happens. Dude, it's where it happens. And um, I was like, you know what? No drinking all November. And I was like, you going to do it too? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and he was, I was like, what about weed? And he was like, um, yeah, none of that too. And I'm like, honestly, if we're going to get all picky with our stimulants, because I was, I was worried about the weed thing. I was like, I do not have a lot anymore. Yeah. But like, I was I'm like, I need a little something. I was like, what about coffee, dude? That's a mood alternator. Alternator. It's a, it'll change your mood. It's a stimulant. He mm-hmm. said, you know what? Fuck it. Weed's back on the table. No coffee. And I went, oh, I got worried about that one. And dude, two days in, I had a brutal fucking headache. Like yeah. very bad. Oh, yeah. Well, you drink so much. Yes. Yeah, I do it, have a lot of you coffee. Say, you say it's not about the caffeine, yeah. but it kind of is because there's so much caffeine within the coffee. Yeah. And you drink so much coffee. I know. So it's it's definitely a part of the process. And Oksana was like, you probably got that headache from the lack of caffeine. Yes. Yet, my mom conned us into coming over. She's like, oh, I got some baby clothes. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then she's like, oh, and you're going to help me clip the dog's nails. 
Now the dog was sedated. Again, this husky is big and annoying, and she's adorable. But my God, I was holding her. She's like a 45-pound dog. Mm -hmm. My mom's clipping her nails. By the fourth paw, she threw her head back, and it hit me right in the head. And I was seeing birds, like Bugs Bunny or something. But I didn't remember that. That's probably I probably had a goddamn concussion. That thing made me, it made me dizzy. I don't mean to laugh. That's pretty funny. No, dude, she threw her. She also bruised him. She she fucks me up, dude. This dog is abusive. Look at that. Oh, my God. Dude, Randy, can you see that bruise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That dog fucks me up. I I said it was because of that caffeine because I've had that when I didn't have, like, coffee when I was drinking a lot of it. Probably both. Damn, dude. You getting Ike Turner by a fucking dog. That dog (laughs) is brutal. Yeah, she fucking headbutted me. I don't allow it in the UFC. I'm I'm glad you got to share your story today. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why it went down that road. No fun November. Everybody subscribe. (laughs) Oh, man. Wait, so, yeah, I guess you do have to sedate the dog when you clip the nails. Yeah. If if they're annoying. That's saying, yeah, no. (laughs) That's that's a vet thing, man. All right. Well, let's do it. Well, I, again, we flew in the master of cinema, the king of master. the palette, the only one who can make a black and white film because he understands what texture looks like, not like this lighthouse bullshit. What a weak black and white film. A bad name to black and white film all across the board. Tutankhamun. And um, David Lynch is here. Again, we did have a conversation about one of the movies we're going to talk about later. If one of those actors appeared in Twin Peaks, the answer is no. There's a really weird tease up top. But the master of cinema, he's been drinking my alcohol because I'm having no fun November. Uh, let's bring him in. Good morning. It's November 6, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'm headed for the dining cars once again, and I'm going to be getting a hot coffee. Mm -hmm. He didn't quit. A cookie. Cookie. And like yesterday, Mm. later on, a piece of pie and a sandwich. What? Whoa. (laughs) Nice. We have a caveat. Everyone. Well, also, I'm going to be working today with a pencil and tempera paint. Can't forget that. And possibly some cotton. (laughs) Everyone, have a great day. Dude, I told you he was drinking my whiskey. Let me tell you something. We've needed one like this. To break the mold. A curveball? Yeah. Because we've been talking about how mundane this has been and how boring and tepid he has been. Mm. Now his dementia has brought some new life into this segment. Yeah, he forgot to eat popcorn. Yeah. No yep. popcorn. He's The first time he's ever broken within segment, he forgot. He he pulled back on the end. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what that was. Yeah. And he was really uh, worried that he was going to forget to mention pencil. This is very good. And possibly and cotton. Possibly cotton. <laughs> Isolate that, boys. 
Man almighty. All right. Definitely worth the $500 plane ticket. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Randy, Michael, stat. Yes, sir. This week was a week in which you lived. Indeed. Now, Randy, how many times you got to go into the the office? How many times you you staying in? What's what's the work schedule like? Uh, I'm on like a three or four days in, then uh, one to two days home. All right. So when uh, how many how many uh, motion pictures we get this week? Quite a few, and uh, I also watched the Cabinet of Curiosities, which you guys covered most of last week. Oh hell yeah! Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing, yeah. My favorite one is still the uh, the Kate Micucci, Anna Lily, Amanpour one. Probably because it's the most kind of like Twilight Zone. That one made... Oh, you're... You were... We got a major delay. Do you? He's fine. Uh, just for a second. I think we're good now. You were talking, but I'm looking at you and you weren't talking. Hell yeah. So yeah I'm free. a ventriloquist. A reverse ventriloquist. The Dude, the Kate Micucci one made me so sad at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want it it boned me out so bad. Then Martin Starr came in. Yeah. It was so good. That one that one that one caught me by surprise in the end and, and did a really good job. Same. And also Dan Stevens is a maniac in that. It's uh mm-hmm. he's like came up with his own accent. But I, I so I haven't um I gotta watch Pickman's bottle. That's where I left off. Okay. So I think I'm only four in. Um but dude, the autopsy was my favorite so far. Yeah, it was pretty good. I I, I started to uh, the a lot of the other ones all kind of seemed not samey, but the production design and cinematography looked kind of similar in a lot of them, except for the Anna Lily Amanpour one and like uh, Jennifer Kent's felt very much like a Jennifer Kent. Maybe I just don't know the other directors well enough to like feel them coming through like the show, but. Yeah, I, I kind of like the oh, ones that I knew more. I have it. Uh, which one did Jennifer Kent do? I, I didn't know she was doing one. She does the last uh, one. It's called The Murmuring. Okay. okay. It's pretty have big. you guys uh, seen any yet? Not uh, just the intro. Okay. The first Hell one? Yeah. No, just oh, the <laughs> intro. Yeah. When Oksana fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what time did y'all probably start that? One thirty. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I started the movie last night at one thirty because it was daylight savings time, and I got an hour trying to milk it. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really work. Is that a taste? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, Randeggy. Yeah, sir. So besides, yeah, coming out of curiosities, uh, a movie that I saw is called "I'm Totally Fine." Came out uh, this past Friday. On VOD, it's probably in a couple theaters. I think it's playing in LA and a couple uh, theaters, but none near me. So spent the six bucks to rent it. Directed by Brandon Dermer, starring um, Jillian Bell, Blake Anderson, and Natalie Morales. Um, Natalie Morales directed um, that movie that's kind of like not found footagey, but... um, Language lessons. I don't know if you guys saw language lessons. Screen life, Randy. Screen life, kind of, yeah. Screen um, life, screen life. Baby's got a screen life. Continue. She's really good. The main reason I wa- uh, watched this movie is because I heard Kyle Newichek from Workaholics, who is uh, straight out of Concord, along with uh, 
Blake Anderson, uh, East Bay folks. Um, I, I heard them talk about it on the Workaholics podcast because Kyle Newichek uh, produced it and is in it, uh, as well as Blake Anderson is in it briefly as well. Uh, but essentially this movie, um, Jillian Bell plays Vanessa. She's like the main character. Um, her and her best friend Jennifer started like an organic soda business and they finally got picked up like this big deal. They're going to be in stores and everything. So they booked this party at this like very nice house, like kind of um, like away from the city uh, outside of LA uh, to have a party to kind of celebrate. But before they have that party, uh, Jennifer uh, played by Natalie Morales uh, dies. Uh, But Julian Bell decides that she's going to get away and still go to the house kind of like a, as a thing just to like kind of, you know, go through her grief and kind of like spend some time alone and just kind of like think about things. Um, but she finds out that she forgot to cancel the party. So the people uh, that plan the party uh, still show up. And then uh, she gets very drunk uh, partying by herself. And then in the morning she sees Jennifer and um, Jennifer's talking very robotically. And you find out that uh, this version of Jennifer is actually an alien who came down to earth to study human beings. Um, but she takes the form of Jennifer and, um, the rest of the movie is kind of just them kind of, um, you know, hanging out and kind of like, it's essentially just an exploration of like grief and kind of how Jillian Bell is kind of like working through that with this sort of like, a, you know, half alien, half human. Um, it's actually pretty funny as well. Um, as you would expect with the, uh, workaholics dudes involved. Um, but yeah, I found it very like, it's a very just kind of like sweet indie movie, low budget. I think they shot it in like nine days. Um, yeah, it's got a lot, it's got a lot of heart in it. And I think Jillian Bell's really good. Natalie Morales is great too. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's a, you know, it's not anything like groundbreaking, but it's, it's solid for what it does. Oh yeah. I was looking at this. Um, you know, interesting team. I like I like Morales. All right, I like a bell. Yeah, I like a comedy. But this seemed as I was looking at the trailer, Randy. It looked a little too. Yeah, it, little it's very too. like Sundance indie type of vibe. Okay. So if you're into that, you probably dig it. But yeah, if you're not, I would say it's not going to change your mind on on that type of type of movie. Is it too cute, Randy? I don't think so, no. And it's short, too. I believe it's, like, under 90 minutes. Um, That's helpful. It's hour 23, so, yeah. Good. Know your role. Know your place in the world. I get it. <laughs> Good for them. All right, I'm back in. I'm going to watch this. What's this called? Alien Broads? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine. Yeah, Natalie Morales is very good playing this, like, very robotic alien who's trying to, like, figure out human beings and everything. It, it's, it's pretty funny. Well, Randy, she's, she's a very good actor. Very, very good. Very talented young lady. What was Aubrey Plaza busy? Oh, boy. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I know this is not your world, but that's a good joke. There you go. Because she would follow, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I did just watch three comedy movies. You did. You are, you need to take a nap after today. You are, you put in a lot of work today. But I, I also think that they all, well, two out of three were pretty good. If I can... Tease? Spoiled. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. All right, Randy Michael. 
Yeah, I saw the new Park Chan-wook film, uh, Decision to Leave, on Wednesday night. Uh, Plaza does $10 days uh, throughout the week. I think like Wednesday and Tuesday or something, so... Randy, as a reminder, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. No, but yeah, director of Old Boy, Handmaiden, Thirst. I think I've only really seen Old Boy and The Handmaiden. Um, but yeah, this movie is um, essentially about a detective who is investigating uh, this murder or this death of a man who potentially fell off a mountain. Um, but there's some sort of like conspicuous... Silver Mountain? Yes. There are some conspicuous things, and then he meets this uh, dead man's mysterious wife um, in the course of kind of, you know, doing this, like, police procedure. And, um, yeah, they become, uh, he becomes sort of infatuated with her, and it's got very heavy vertigo uh, influence. Although he says he wasn't influenced by vertigo, apparently. It's very... Even if it wasn't intentional, it's definitely there. It's definitely like very vertigo heavy, but it's also like pretty funny. It's definitely a police procedural as well. So one would say that, you know, it would be a what? A vertigo? Uh, a, an echo of vertigo, which I've said Thank before. You. I understand. Thank you. We got to keep up with our brand, Randy. It's all about marketing. <laughs> got God to. Damn. Callbacks to like 200 episodes ago. <laughs> but yeah this uh this movie decision to leave um you know i like i said i haven't seen too many of his movies um but this one seems much more uh it's not as explicit in the violence or the sexuality or anything it is uh it is very hitchcocky um it's good it's very it's pretty talky you know it's like a police procedural and um it's cocky and talky it is yeah it felt a little long, but I think I'd want to see again. It is coming to movie soon, but I did see this at a 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. So I didn't fall asleep, but it did feel like it was starting to drag a little bit. So I love how you gave a little hand motion. I'm not sure. It could be. Yeah, it could be my my fault or it could be the movie's fault. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I really dug it. Like I said, it's not as um, good. Maybe. Yeah, not as good as his other movies that I've seen. Um, I still need to check out a bunch of, you know, his uh, other work. But um, yeah, it's... Randy, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But so, so, all right, the two movies that you've seen from this gentleman. All right, let's break that down. Number one is Old Boy, okay? Old Boy brings the heat. Absolutely. We all know Old Boy... That that film has a, had and continues to have a reputation that precedes itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if I've seen did, Stoker, which I think was his only American uh, film. Yeah, that one too. So, but all right, we'll take Stoker out of the scenario because that's yeah, fine. Yeah. We don't we don't need the Stoker here. Um, so, old boy, I mean, old boy still goes hard. Yeah. Then you've got the Handmaiden, and Randy, that one's horny as hell. It and is. everyone remembers Handmaiden because there's like 19 lesbian scenes and there's a train. <laughs> what else do you need in the movie? So you've got two films that are obviously, you know, they're always going to be in the forefront of your memory because they're, they're tentpole films. Both of them highly lauded. People talk about them to this day still. And now he's got to live up to that reputation. And Stoker sure as shit didn't live up to that reputation. No. Uh, yeah, Stoker didn't do a whole lot for me, and that and that it's it's also kind of the same thing, um, you know, with like Snowpiercer and uh, Oakja, like yep. you know, it's just when you go full English language, you lose that magic. 
And it's just, I, I, I don't know if they lose control and it's just, I don't know. It, it, like certainly the spirit is different and it, the movies For feel sure. very differently. And when they're in their na- native language, it's in the zone, man, you feel it. And so did you get that at all? Did it like, I, I'm kind of looking at this and like, do I get a little memories of murder here or my way off base? Maybe a little bit. I think memories of murder is even darker than a decision to leave is. Okay. Um, I will say that the visual flourishes in this movie, like the cinematography. And I think there's actually a lot of like uh computer generated imagery or computer generated sort of like um, the way that they jump from scene to scene. Cause it, it really flows kind of like dreamy or there'll be like scenes where they're like listening to an audio tape of like a recording of someone's conversation. Yeah. And then you'll see like two people in a room together that like aren't actually in a room, but there's like, it's kind of portraying that like the, de- the detective is like listening in and like trying to picture himself there. So it does like yeah. a lot of really cool visual stuff, but um, yeah, not, not as explicit or does not go as hard as his other movies. Yeah, man, those two, they go hard, dude. So uh, I'm feeling three and a half vibes out of you right now, dude. I think I gave it a four, but yeah. Whoa, dude, my Randy meter's been off, hasn't it? <laughs> it been Randy, bit. it's been hard to read you, dude. What's going on? I think this and tri- Triangle of Sadness, I go between like three and a half and a four. It's probably somewhere in the middle for both of those. Did you talk about Triangle Sadness on the show? I don't think you did. I didn't. It was like several weeks ago that I finally saw it. All right, talk about how great it is and how Russell and Oxon you see it. It's pretty good. I Honestly, <laughs> I would have lost the end. I feel like I didn't need the ending. I didn't hate it, but like in Why retrospect, I didn't Can need the last third. The You're never going to watch it. I will. The last Randy. third hits you over the head with the message. I feel like I got it already. No, but it, the whole movie's about hitting you over the head. Yeah, and it's also like two and a half hours long. But it's, it's, it's beautiful. Well, that, that's his good. whole thing. My dog hit me in it's the head. Excess. And uh, <laughs> I was over it immediately. That is true. God, I'm t- I feel sorry for you. Dude, I, getting hit in the head sucks. Mm-hmm. You get that. It is like that. Just that flash. Well, I kept checking for blood. Yeah. And I'm like, give me some blood. Wh- where, so where did she, where it was did like she up hit on top. you? It was up here. Okay. I was just like, oh. You thought maybe cut? I don't know. I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the skin on top of the head is pretty, uh, it's pretty thin, dog. Mm-hmm. I know about that because I have a beautiful, beautiful scalp, <laughs> which I may display again. I don't know. I like my hair. How's it going? Ooh, taxi driver? Pickle? Yeah. You going Mohawk? Travis Pickle. Okay. <laughs> There's my... Uh, Travis Pickle Rick. Oh, wow, Randy. <laughs> wow, that was bad. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, sir. Let's talk. I want to talk about a gentleman. This gentleman. Now, Randy and I, we're we're cool dudes. Well, Russell talks about his cool guy movies. Now, mm-hmm. Russ, I, I know you're researching here, but I'm going to bring you this conversation too because we always talk about the cool guy movie. <laughs> and who who is the centerpiece of that argument um, a gentleman you enjoy uh the guy the titular guy is oh you're talking about an actual person yes i don't know uh, tarantino 
Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie. Cool Guy Ritchie yes. movie. But I, I think I think that it would you consider the the father of cool guy movies to be Tarantino? No. I think he's too uh genre savvy to do that. But who who's pulling the strings? Where's where's the waterfall coming? Okay, from? Reservoir Dogs. We could we could blame that okay. movie. Yeah. Okay. So with the cool guy movie, and again, you know, I think that um, for example, one of your favorite films uh, in the last probably decade, uh, and the director who was gracious enough to come on the show, Low Life, for example, mm-hmm. um, that would maybe be considered to be a cool guy movie, right? Where we've got uh, we've got guys they're coming in from you know the storyline is stilted, <laughs> right? You know, it, mm-hmm. it's generally told out of order, and there's some sort of heist or crime. And excess of violence, gunplay. Yeah, I. You know, it's not your fault, but I think I haven't been very clear about what I mean by cool guy. Yes, I'm it's giving you that opportunity. It's mostly an aesthetic. It's like shallow storytelling. Okay. The only reason I say that is because I think Low Life and Tarantino, as a Low Life as a film and Tarantino as a director, are better than that. Okay. I think Low Life is kind of two dimensional. Hey, cool convertible. You got guns? Yeah. Where are the girls? I don't know. We need money. Like, that's your movie? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. They're a little bit worse than... Like, I love Low Life. I think sure. that film is, like, incredible. Sure. What I'm saying is that, you know... Um, I get to- what you're saying, because there is an aesthetic there, too, where it's kind of like, oh, if we're going to talk about Mexican culture, it's luchadors. Like, because you kind of don't know much more. Right. Or, like, uh, El Mariachi. Like that kind of shit. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, what's his fuck? Who's what's his name? Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Okay. He's yes. a cool guy. Right. <laughs> well, what do you know about Martin McDonough? Nothing. Okay. In Bruges. Uh, I both of those names sound familiar. Seven psychopaths. Mm. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Monta- Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, there was more to that title? I always thought that movie was just called Three Billboards. No, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Am I the only one? Right in. If you thought the movie was just called Three Billboards, (laughs) let me know. Um, Seven Psychopaths definitely falls into that territory. Definitely one too Uh, many. In Bruges, definitely, you know, I look, your Tarantino crowd is going to be into what Martin McDonough is doing. Okay. It's, It's definitely in that zone. In Bruges is about two hitmen. The film I'm going to talk about today is called The Banshees of Inisherin. This is the spiritual sequel to In Bruges. In Bruges, without question, I and I'm not afraid to say it, I adore one of my favorite films of all time. Um, and it's because he's very, 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 very good at characters. And he's very, very good at selecting talent. And nurturing talent and and how this how the ensemble works together how he masters all that is very good and there's no better example of this than when with brendan gleason and colin farrell who are in both of these movies (laughs) i just looked up in bruges um i apologize you know exactly what i'm talking about in bruges is a film that uh i would be repelled from like a vampire and a cross I would never watch this fucking movie based on that poster. When I saw it was Colin Farrell, I shuddered. 
You do not like Colin Farrell? I holding the revolver in the pose that he's making on the no. Randy, tell me about in Bruges. We got a couple of all these dudes it's are good. wearing suits with fucking black jet. I hate it. In Bruges is incredible. And you might be right, but aesthetically, it's repelling me. And that's why I want to talk about this. <laughs> because it's you do this book cover shit. Yeah. Judge a book. Yes, don't fucking do that. <laughs> Stop it. That's how I buy books, though. Dude, everybody does. I know. Is there a fucking dove on there? Is there like origami? What is on this post? I hate this movie. You've never seen it. I and saw the poster. I God, I hate so, it. So The Banshees of Inisherin is a spiritual sequel to In Bruges because uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Again, the, the that movie is the relationship of those two. And it is... No different in the Banshees of Inisherin. Now, the story and the plot and the characters could not be polar opposites. That is why this is a spiritual sequel, um, because you know he's getting these two back together again. What this movie is is it is a rural island off the coast of Ireland in the 1920s during the Irish Civil War. Um, now, there is a very heavy-handed. Uh, allegory that is happening within this. I say heavy-handed because it is up top. You know exactly, but he he doesn't really get into it, which I'm glad for. Um, again, trying to to walk like uh, light fluid here because uh, our friend Randy's going to watch this. Um, but again, these two together are also 1920s, right? Desolate Irish coast. They see Ireland over there, but they're in their own little island town. And they all walk everywhere. I want to talk about the cinematography. Beautiful. First of all, um, where they shot it, I mean, just pristine. And everything is like cobbled little towers that they hide behind when they see the witch lady coming through the town. It's very good. There's this There's a witch? There's a weird witch lady. A were witch? Um, also, Randy, your boy Barry Keegan is in this. Oh, um, yeah. He plays the village idiot. Um, couldn't be better. Um, and Colin Farrell is friends with Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson oh is in the village, okay? Brendan Gleeson plays the violin. The Shyamalan film? He's, he's the town musician. He's, you know who Brendan Gleeson is. He's the you big know, guy. this buddy shit, you're, you're giving me fucking heat and righteous kill vibes. D- you could, you. <laughs> it's like they're back together. Can, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? <laughs> If your ignorance, <laughs> if your ignorance could illuminate, you would be the fucking son. But, no, dude. but hey, dude, but that's the kind of conversation I never want to be a part of. It's like De Niro and Pacino back together. I'm not talking about De Niro. I know. I'm talking about <laughs> Brittany Gleason and Colin Farrell. They're back. Two at guys it, that are like 20 years different than each other. He was good. Righteous Kill is going to be better. That's great because you would never pin these two together. <laughs> Um, to be so good. And that's why, and that speaks to why this movie is so great. Okay. Because they shouldn't be friends, <laughs> but they're, and Brendan Gleeson finally realized it. So he told Colin Farrell, also, there's no B story in this movie. This is the entire two hours of the movie. The movie opens up with Colin Farrell going down to Brendan Gleeson's cottage, mm-hmm. which is on the sea, which is beautiful. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it's 1920s. So I wouldn't want to live there, but what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't want you coming around anymore. I don't want to be your friend. Don't talk to me. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I remember this trailer. Yes. 
And that's the movie. And he just told him he didn't want to be his friend anymore because he talks about nothing. He's not an interesting person. He is a dullard. And I have very few years left. And I want to do that spending my time playing music, not spending my time talking to you. Mm -hmm. And it hurt Colin Farrell's feelings. Um, and we go forth with the movie. Um, and then we, it, you know, violence ensues. As Brendan Gleeson says, if you don't leave me alone, every time you come around, I'm going to chop off a finger and throw it at your door. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got a finger situation. Little sticky fingers. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, a huge fan of salad fingers. Is, does who anybody- is not a fan <laughs> of salad fingers? Or Witch Fingers, a band that Randy apparently actually saw. Frankie and the Witch Fingers. Yeah, they're very good. Can't forget about Frankie. He's a big part of the band. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what I want to say here is that the Banshees of Inisherin is a different is a departure from what McDonough has done, but it's not. Because, first of all, there's no guns in this movie, and I think this is the first movie he's done with it where there's not any guns. Um, all right, well, Sounding better. Actually, that's not true. I think there is a gun. All right, I'm out. All right. <laughs> is it a revolver? Um, I don't. I don't think. Is it a luger? I will tell you this: there's uh, there is a uh, miniature donkey that is adorable, um, that may or may not die. A and miniature donkey. There's also, um, you know, Colin Farrell says uh, it's also hilarious. Uh, the guy he knows how to write. All right, we're going to talk about writing here later in this episode. Uh, but there's a, a line that Colin Farrell says that uh, is very enjoyable. He says, you know, when I'm sad, the donkey has to be in the room. <laughs> because the sister didn't want the donkey to be in the house. He's like, you know, when I'm depressed, the donkey's going to be in the house. And such is life. <laughs> we all bring our own donkeys into the house when we're sad. I don't know where I'm talking, <laughs> going on with this. But what I do want to say is that uh, this film is uh, it's wonderful. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, Martin McDonough, keep doing what you're doing. One day, Russell Fisher will realize that he doesn't have to be bound by these labels and judging things. I live free of judgment, brother. Not true. Who do I judge? If there is a cape and a sword on the cover of a movie, you're not watching it. I don't judge it. I'm not judging it. I just choose not to watch it. Okay, then I choose not to be a part of that bullshit. But again, if you were to sell me on the cape and the sword, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. I watched watched anime bullshit with you. That's true. Okay. But anime is just like a whole... Exhaustion of the senses? It's a whole other medium. Yeah. So is this, because this is true art, motherfucker. Mm Mm-hmm talking about banshees of inashirin also by the way i am pronounced i'm pronouncing the hell out of that (laughs) i worked really hard on on pronouncing inashirin um randy go see this as soon as you can uh it's wonderful mcdonough doesn't let you down and also the last thing i wanted to close with here is that he's very very good at writing um in sort of uh he's very good at writing people and what I mean by that is real people. Uh, in Bruges is, you know, in Belgium. Belgium is small. And the whole joke of the film is about how much of a shithole Belgium is compared to London. 
And so there is a constant uh, looking down upon of where they are. Uh, same thing we get in, you know, Ebbing, Missouri, where, you know, the Sam Rockwell character is constantly being looked down upon because he is the town idiot. He's also a part of the sheriff's department. So put your social commentary. Those two go hand in hand. Um, and then also now in, in a Sharon, we have a very insular community um, that is knows everything about each other. And it's too much. They know too much about each other. They're too nosy. Um, and they play into that by the person who's running the mail is constantly opening up other people's mail on the island. And everyone hates the one cop on the island because he abuses his son and no one does shit about it. And everyone just knows everybody's shit. And so he's just very, very good at the small town slice of life stuff. And um, that's why I, I will continue to uh, you know watch anything he does. And if that is his uh, constant sort of you know theme in all of his movies, he's he's nailing it. I I, I dig what he's doing um, because he's certainly executing it uh, to a uh, very entertaining level. All right. So we want to talk about uh, your, your your now last night apparently no, was no, a no. big venture. Hold on, pump the brakes there, buddy. Well, where are we going? We can't forget about the movie twice back to back weeks because after our uh, yes, awesome yes, yes, interview yes, yes. with Kevin McTurk, which if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. People are loving it. Thank you. The uh, reviews are in. It's the best. We're winning another award. It's with Kevin McTurk. Very good interview. Yeah, and I fucked up. I apologize. Anybody who did listen to it, the man is incredibly interesting. And we talked to him for another fucking hour after we stopped recording. I should have let it go. He was a lot of fun, but Clark was so inspired by that conversation that he turned around and watched the movie immediately to talk about next week. And I told you, whenever we watch a movie after we record, it's hard to remember. Can't watch movies on Sundays, dude. Do you remember what it was now? Congo right. went back as Kevin McTurk worked on Congo. And that was one of the two movies that I had to bring up. Um, also, I will 100% rewatch Mouse Hunt right now. <laughs> uh, that was the other one. Dude, he was dropping some good stories on Congo, too. And I rewatched Congo. Here's the thing. I still like that movie. It's good. Is it a mess? Sure. Who cares? It's a genre film. Yes. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's really good. Uh, the computer shit is, is it's entertaining in its own right. 90s, man. Also, I'll tell you this. Ernie Hudson kills it in Congo. You know, I forgot he was in it. Ernie Hudson yeah. kills it. He's so good. <laughs> Congo's great, man. Go watch Congo. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> had a great time. All right. Now, what you were going to make fun of me about as I take control of the ship now. Yes. Last night. After D and D concluded, there's a hot air balloon around. I dude, there's a laser powered by a de a, a diamond laser. I said a demon. Oh, a Bruce Campbell's in Congo. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I lost my mind. Wait, <laughs> Bruce Campbell's in Congo. Yeah. Yep. Again, go listen to that Kevin McTurk. Uh, he dies. Kevin? Uh, Bruce. Oh, I'm very early. <laughs> Via ape? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm in off, off camera. Off, oh my god, I'm a, it's a bummer. <laughs> a roller coaster with you right now. Let me tell you something. If someone were to remake Congo, would there be any interest whatsoever? Uh, would people even know about Congo? I don't know. You know, I was kind of shocked that Black Adam did so poorly. Because I I think why everybody's been waiting for The Rock to put on a fucking um 
I know, but I think it's a property. I've never heard of that property. Yeah, well, I mean, DC, there might... Black Adam's not like a deep dive, but I get it. Yeah. He's not a not a household name. But but The Rock is. That's why I thought people would go anyway. Yeah, well, well I mean, he's clearly, you know, Samoan Adam. Uh, what the... <laughs> I don't know. You know, honestly, I was kind of hoping that somebody would push me to go watch that. And then, I mean, Terrell wasn't even really fucking with it. He's like, I'll watch it eventually. It's DC, dude. And I already go into the movies with sunglasses on and they shoot that thing so dark. I can't see shit in it. Yeah. It was funny because Black Adam was out. I didn't know. And um, Wakanda Forever is like around the corner and they had a ton of merch. They had two different popcorn buckets. One of them lit up. They had two different um, soda cups. Like One of them changed colors when you filled it with stuff. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Black Adam's plain, and it's there's no fanfare. I don't know. It's really weird. Anyway. Um, How I, much did uh, popcorn buckets cost? Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. One of them was cool, though. It had a panther. It filled up. It lit up. I, it, it was doing a bit much, but <laughs> like it's one of those things where you buy it and you're like, I'm never going to put popcorn in here. It's very um, impractical if you actually use it as a bucket. Yeah, but who's using all these buckets? I mean, I would. I buy- don't know. People who have popcorn machines in their homes. <laughs> Oddly enough, we don't use them. That is true. You know what happened? We were like, fuck, we should have got the McDonald's. When's the last time y'all fired the thing up? It's been a minute. Yeah. That's off the smoke alarm. <laughs> Everything does. Yeah, that's a lie. We fire it up every weekend when David comes over. He's like, oh, popcorn. I'm like, okay, dude, calm down. <laughs> All right. Where was the story headed? <laughs> so last night after we concluded an epic adventure in Adventure of Conqueror King, that's the type of tabletop game you play when you're cool and you're tired of D&D. Randy, feel free to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were leaving a bit early and I'm like, perfect. Time to watch a movie. And then I got, oh man, we got home and bada bing, bada boom. I'm like, oh. You had sex 11, <laughs> 11 o'clock turned into like 1 a.m. And I was on Letterboxd. I was trying to watch a movie y'all didn't see and that nobody else had seen but looked interesting. I'm like, I know a million movies came out. but everybody- Are you not going to name that movie? What movie? The Thank one you. I watched? Oh, oh, wait. Are you talking about no. that movie or you hinted on another movie? Wait, what movie? I only watched one movie. Okay, never mind. Go Continue. I ended up picking a movie randomly, like I'm back in the old school day. Like we just jumped on Amazon Prime and I went to what they thought I would like. And uh, I picked one from there. I thought the cover was interesting. Uh, It was called Laguna Avenue. It clocked in at 70 minutes or no, 80. So I'm like, okay, we could do that. I'm looking at the clock. It's only 1.30 and we're going to set the clocks back at some point. This could work in by two o'clock. Yeah. I'm like, you were hitting a little uh, dimension warp right here. So, uh, okay. IMDb synopsis is a disinfected former musician with a prosthetic hand is drawn into the mysterious and sinister world of his downstairs neighbor. I'm like, okay. It sounds like we got a Polanski apartment trilogy thing going on. We got a guy with a handicap. (laughs) You know how I love that. He's got only one hand. Uh, We got music. Is going to play a big role. Music makes the people come together. <laughs> we still got to watch Sia's music. That's true. Oh, dude. <laughs> but, dude, man, I'm looking on IMDb, sci-fi comedy. Well, I swear to God, Amazon Prime said horror. Am I wrong? It was a sci-fi comedy on there, too. My I don't know God. why it showed up at all. I... Mm. 
So I watched it. And, uh, you know, here, how do I, how do I talk about this? It was weird. I had a weird experience because the movie looked pretty. I liked the premise. It was shot well. And, you know, whenever you open up a review about a film with that description, it's usually not going to bode well. Yeah. And we get in there. The cast is fine. They're all kind of boring. It was really a, a writing thing. And the main character shared my name. But worse, his his name is Russell Steinberg, which I kept thinking about our uh, good friend over at um, Found Footage Critic. And I'm like, it's weird if we had a kid and he took my name but had his last name. I don't know. It was in my head. And anyway, the movie was fine. It just wasn't for me. It was very jokey. The lead. Here's the thing about a cool guy film, too. The craft blends into it. It like bleeds in. And you can tell that the dude making the movie had some weird high school shit going on. So they probably weren't very cool, but now they're making a movie. Now they're going to be cool. And the lead, I asked Oksana at one point, I'm like, do you think anybody in on the cast directed this thing? And she was like, yeah, the lead. I'm like, it feels that way too. But I looked it up and it wasn't him. Also, he's the type of dude. It's almost like um, when you have like, not a Hollywood attractive character as a lead and women kind of like are throwing themselves at him. And mm-hmm. you're like, what reality are we in right now? It had a lot of that shit going on. And the comedy wasn't working. So 45 minutes in, I checked the time. And I went, oh my God, we're only 45 minutes in. And I started <laughs> I started looking for the exit. And I was panicking. I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? This is the only movie that I've watched. Because all week, I did not have any time. And then the movie started getting interesting. The neighbor downstairs turned out to be a large, attractive black man who was hanging out with a, uh, I would say, chiseled uh, white dude in a dress. <laughs> they were making a lot of loud noise one night. They equipped the main character with a robot hand. We took a hard turn into sci-fi. The Illuminati started popping up. Then they dropped a thing that I don't hear quite often, gang stalking. And they walked around the park, and the dude was showing them how to pick out people who are gang stalking you. And I'm like, man... You've drifted into territory that I like, but it wasn't, it still wasn't like meshing perfectly for me. So I stuck it out. It was okay. Again, the movie's Laguna Avenue. This is a very indie comedy sci-fi. I don't think either elements work perfectly, but it's a totally watchable film. Uh, this, this movie actually would have been propelled further if we weren't living in the age of uh, Cable Part 2, where there's a million streaming services and they're all vying for your attention. So this one just kind of ends up being, um, I don't know, mediocre. It was cool. There's some shit there and they, they should keep working on stuff. But I was just bummed because I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to get up early. I'm going to have to convince Clark to watch some movies with me. And I did find a movie called Juju Stories. I won't get into that. Just look up the trailer. All right. So uh, hold uh, on Laguna Avenue. I'm on the IMDb.com. Ooh, okay. And, uh, you know, if you scroll down on the homepage of, of whatever you're looking at, I will give you a a, a a area called More Like This, oh. where it recommends other movies. Um, so, and there's a couple of interesting titles here. And I want to see if it uh, one of these you have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it recommends the movie Sleep, which we talked to those filmmakers. Schlaff. Schlaff. <laughs> also, great uh, dude for that. Also, shout out to them if you're still listening. I know they hung with the show for a while, and we were getting this weird German bump. Hell yeah. yeah. So uh, Schlaff, that's a good movie. Also, that movie got a good Blu-ray release, too. I don't think we ever fucking jumped on it, though, did we? 
or Arrow put it out. I can't remember if we bought it. I think Arrow put it out. Anyway, look that one up. Uh, fantastic physical medium. Yeah, Schloff. And then there's a movie called, uh, recommends a movie called Ultrasound. Okay. I get it. I Babies. <laughs> and then there's a movie it recommends called Madeline's. <laughs> R.I.P. What the go. fuck is that movie? Madeline's? Yeah, it looks like a sci-fi movie. Dude, it looks pretty tight. It's, it's a woman wearing a gas mask, and then there's a bunch of weird zombie chicks. Madeline's from 2022. Clones? Working in their garage, indie entrepreneurs Madeline and Owen discover the secret of time travel. There's only one hitch. A bug in the code creates a new copy of Madeline at the same time every day. Uh, <laughs> do you know who wrote this movie? Who? Brie Grant. Grant. Yep. Damn. Actually, she knows Madeline, so maybe it was inspired by Marvels. Damn, double damn. Again, uh, Madeline, one of the co-founders of Uff. Again, we, God, she hasn't been on here in a minute, but damn. Yeah, that looks interesting. Double also, damn. in the movie, it's oh. Madeline and Owen. Now, Terrell was pressuring Oksana to name our child Owen for the longest time because he thought it would be the coolest thing if you could just flip the W and make it Omen whenever you wanted to. Yeah, I didn't get it either. So the director of uh, Madeline's is in uh, Adam Green's crew. Oh. Yeah. Wait, is that good or bad? I don't know. I'm just One of the I'm, guys from Hatchet is in Madeline's too. That, that doesn't mean anything. The thing with Adam Green is I just imagine him attracting a bunch of people who want to do good work. Like our boy Travis. Yeah. Travis Z. And I, I just don't know. I don't know about the, the quality. I mean, I, honestly, I... I might check this out. I'm looking at the trailer right now. This guy worked on jujitsu. Oh, shit. Oh, what a hunk of shit that was. Dude, <laughs> that was Lens Face the movie. God, that movie was horrible. Anyway, yeah, Laguna Avenue. Um, It was a comedy, and I hung out. <laughs> I hung with it. There were a couple of cool ideas in there, but. All right, how many stars? Oh, three, two and oh, a half. Oh, boy, there it is. Two and a half, maybe. Two and a half. Two and a half, probably, because I wouldn't recommend it. Like, you'd really have to be hard up for some indie comedy. You know, actually, it reminds me of the owner Tunkel movie, Applesauce, for a, for a deep dive right here. Crisscross? Shot by our boy, um, Jorge Torres Torres. That movie is an indie comedy that's kind of offbeat and quirky that doesn't really, like, work perfectly. But it has its charm. This movie, the charm just, it, I don't know, it didn't work for me. Ain't that charmed it. So then I went to bed, I think, uh, technically around 3.30, and then I woke up at 9. What time did I wake up? I don't know. I texted I'm not you. your butler. No, I texted you and I said, hey, want to watch a movie? Oh, it's probably is. Whatever time you think it was, add an hour or two. <laughs> yeah, so then. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, dude, I got some movies in mind. And you came downstairs and I was like, all right, Juju stories. And you were not super thrilled. I did sell him on the fact that it had the aesthetic of a Randy movie. You No, you showed me the trailer and I'm in. I know. And then I showed you the trailer. And, right, it did have the aesthetic of a Randy movie. I just love how you package that. Well, again, what I mean by that is you'll watch a horror movie if it's A24. And it's got that, like, shallow focus. It's shot on a 4K true. camera. Don't see again. <laughs> Going back to putting people in corners and labeling people. I like organization. No, it's not that, man. You're you're losing individual spirit. No, Randy fucks. I see it. Now that October's <laughs> over, he drinks too. But he did go see Evil Dead and fucking Army of Darkness in the theater. 
He's with, doing more work than we are. With apparently three people in the theater. Well, for Army of Darkness, which, uh, again, Randy said there was a showing after that was probably packed. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do know one lying. of the directors from Juju Stories, though. And what? by that, I mean I've seen one of his movies, The Lost Okoroshi, that came out in 2019. All right. So, it's good. All right. Randy, let's watch it. Juju yeah, no. Stories next week. Their trailer looks pretty good. Um, and where's, then, where's it available? Found that one digging around. It must be on Amazon, Amazon? Prime. Yeah. Okay. Again, talk about it. All movie right. None next week, Juju <laughs> Stories. So then Clark came downstairs and said, Hey, man, good to see you. I got a great night of sleep last night. Can't wait to talk about a movie I watched at 3 a.m. All of this happened. And then Heather was like, Hey, check out Juju Stories. And I said, Should we watch it? And he said, Nah, let's watch Weird. And I was like, okay, cool. Because that was another movie that I was waiting for somebody to invite me to. And um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a better person to watch Weird with. I Saying that because, you know, I knew Weird Al and I like him. I don't think I, I've owned a couple of his albums. I never really listened to them, though. I'd put them on and like pick around and then kind of, you know. Yeah. I never really sat. You strike me as the type who would buy it on vinyl and then listen to it through and through. Not growing up, but um, I want to be very clear. Um, Weird Al was a um, beacon of light um, <laughs> for this thirteen-year-old uh, ship, uh, you know, trying to fight the seas of of uh, puberty. And um, I was always going towards that beacon of Weird Al light, trying to uh, get to his shore. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> You're like, quick, we're headed I, for the island of women. I love Weird Al. Turn to the beacon of Indeed. Weird Al. <laughs> yes. That's where the problem in line. Oh my God. For sure. So again, I took a ton of notes here. I'm gonna I'm just gonna start this off by saying I I think I love this movie. I'd I'd almost got a tear out of me at the end. And it's not because I'm super in, infatuated with Weird Al, which is a weird thing to say in general. It's because of the fucking craft, man. I think they made a near perfect film. And when you're dealing with comedy, that's hard. When you're dealing with music, that's hard. But when you're dealing with three layers of parody, it's like on paper, that will work. You're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. But the execution always falls apart. And I think Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al just fucking worked. It was, dude. This movie, like, I, I remember the first time where I kind of succumbed to a comedy film, and it was in the super bad walk hard uh, battle royale. Yep. And you would fall into one of those categories. Everybody I knew loved super bad. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I, I didn't really see it as a division. At least where, where I was, it was one or the other. A lot of the people right. who championed Superman. On the, on the other side of the Mississippi were much more, <laughs> you know, open to ideas. You're, you're just kind of like, uh, your eyes are rolled back in your head and anything that pops on TV just works. I mean, those two are very, very, very different things. Yeah, they're um, very different comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. C continue. Because no, I've, I've got my own thing. It's here. a different approach. And I think um, whatever Superbad was, which is kind of like raunchy, very of the time comedy, that's kind of gone now, which I'm kind of bummed about. Actually, uh, House Party, which I don't know what you would call that. I'm very I'm excited. totally into watching that. It's fucking. Can strange. I tell you? As soon as I figured out it was how, I got very excited. <laughs> well, of course, but why wouldn't they do that? I, I know, and it's at LeBron's house. I'm like, 
Why not? Oh, also, who's the who's the comedian from Bad Friends that shows Santino? up? Santino. Santino. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, what is happening? What is this? So good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in for that one. But again, that's not the movie that Walk Hard is. Walk Hard is the jokes are based on the parody of the format of a type of film, which is the biopic. And I think the biopic is a garbage vehicle. Which lends itself to parody. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, offers it up as easily it, as it's possible. It's a paint-by-numbers type of movie. Yeah, so, which, again, I it's funny. All of three of the movies that uh, we're going to talk about, that I talked about, all had these similar things going on. One was they all remind me of the Rick and Morty episode about the Purge planet. <laughs> because they all did the same thing that they talk about in there. Where it's like, why don't you just start your story where it begins? Don't do the one week ago. You know what I mean? Like one week, all of the movies we watched did that. Yeah. The other thing is it's just, it's format and um, it's genre. And the biopic, it's, it's, <laughs> it's genre. genre. I, I don't have that queued up. God. I could find it. Randy's supposed to do this Yeah, shit Randy, now. you got to take over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I only do the practical things like a door opening. Now, Genre film. I've I've been getting into a conversation. This happened in the Discord too. If you want to talk about boring shit like genre versus uh classic film and art, get in our Discord. Just DM me, I'll give it to you. Lord or Battle, fart. Instagram, or fart, or any of this shit. Anyway, we were talking about um uh Mickey from the Three Friends podcast brought up that he did not love Terrifier 2. And I was like, Well, Terrifier 2 is not a great film. I said it's a great horror movie, though. And I hadn't really thought about it, so I had to kind of parse out what I meant there. And I think when you're a fan of a genre, you start to appreciate films for moments in the movie. Like it's kind of like um, like a Western that has a ghost town and a gold mine in it. You might remember that one of a hundred Westerns because it's the only one that did that. Yeah. And it's like Terrifier 2 is an epic grindhouse movie, which is an oxymoron. Yeah, Arts Clown Cafe, dude. And no, it's fan, It's a fantastic it's horror movie. But if you're going to put that up against a general audience and non-horror fans, there's nothing there for them. So with Walk Hard, that movie kind of required you to be in on the joke from the beginning, which is parody of... It's kind of like the um, scary movies. Like, if you didn't see Scream, what do you... It's like, what are you watching? Well, you know, it's... Look, I, I think that Walk Hard definitely is one of, um, you know... Alt comedy is is a big part of that, and you know to get what the, do you mean? What do you mean by alt comedy? So that's what you know, like like Tim and Eric. Well, like the movie we're talking about right now. Okay, uh, weird the Weird Al movie. Well, I mean, this like, is one hundred percent an alt comedy because also think about all we how many cameos were in this film. Oh, there's a, but that's what I want to. So do you mean alt comedy is the type of comedian who would produce this comedy? Uh, no, or, this is for the alt comedy crowd. Like Weird Al is one of for alt comedy. Um, and again, what is alt comedy? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a giant conversation. And it, you know, uh, there's several different camps in there. Uh, Weird Al definitely has his corner, along with you know Scott Aukerman definitely is very influential in that world, kind of spawning from um, the sketch scene and mm. improv as well. All that's meld together. Then you've got the stand-up side of things. So, you know, Paul F. Tompkins was in this. So okay. he's definitely, by the way, Paul F. Tompkins as Gallagher may be my favorite <laughs> thing in this thing. So good. Uh, man, he was committed as Gallagher. It was very good. And 
so you've got him, you know, because he's stand- also Patton Oswalt. He yeah. was also in this film. Mark Marin was huge in that scene as well. But are they alt comedy? 100%. See, I don't get that because Patton Oswalt and Mark Marin to me feel like mainstream as hell. No. So that was the whole thing. And so like, you know, the Largo in LA, like it all goes back to that. And so you know, Conan, Emo Phillips, everybody. And again, it sort of spawned in different areas, but they all kind of come from that alternative comedy, whatever that is and whatever it's kind of spawned out to be. Like they've paved so, their own yeah, road. It, it's a different camp than, you know, the traditional club comic route, mm-hmm. right? Uh, meaning that, you know, the this scene is spawned specifically in a metropolitan area. And this is very um, sort of, uh, I, this is just the way that I'm kind of, the best way for me to explain this. Because like with stand up and that scene, they're going to the con- uh, th- through the entire country, and you've got to know what's going to hit in Nebraska, and you got to make people laugh in Kansas. Like, you know, is that shit going to work in Tulsa? I get uh, it. so I get it, it. it's a little bit of that mentality. Um, and again, it's it's slightly a little dated because internet has certainly expanded that and helped. And uh, but at the end of the day, a club is a club, and. Um, you know, uh, what's going to work in a club is what's going to work and what's going to not. Hold on. Here's a little bit. And, and hold on. Uh, And so with Los Angeles, everything is more insulated and they get more into that sort of, uh, meta sort of, um, you know, jokes writing, which was huge here in San Francisco in the nineties where Patton Oswalt and Marin started. Okay. And, you know, Dana Carvey, those guys. So San Francisco in the 90s was a huge part of that up until my early 2000s. Um, There's I, your comedy lesson. Okay. I, I get it. You're a little too passionate about it. You have slowed down. I know a lot. <laughs> well, it's just all. Oh, God. <laughs> Randy, can you make that a drop, please, for a future <laughs> episode? Um, okay. So. Who was the guy? Now, Madeline had a musician come out to one of the Puff when she was working with them. And he was like the original vlogger. Do you remember his name? Danny Elfman. No, not Danny Elfman. He had like a weird owl name. He's weird Paul. Weird Paul. Weird Paul. Yeah. Okay, so he could have fit in there. So what I'm hearing is it's, kind of like. I mean, yeah. So there, there's all different sections of that. But what I'm saying is like, you know, in terms of the fans. So that's where like, you know, people people are kind of split on Weird Al Yankovic a little bit. I feel like we have gotten when he won the Grammy or whatever it was for the, uh, the Lady Gaga album he did, uh, which had the song that people played in schools and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, the grammar thing, um, uh, the, the blurred line, whatever that thing is, the grammar song, you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) I have no idea. That hit a new level with Weird Al. And I think that, um, like, my generation, now that, you know, we're certainly um, older, you know, 20, 25 years of being Weird Al fans, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the people that have decided to live their life and, um, you know, um, commit to, uh, you know, sharing their life with a loved one and producing children. Um, And then their children uh, become Weird Al fans. Um, you know, opposed to me, who's just, you know, still 36 years old, uh, professing their love for Weird Al Yankovic. But, um, so you just kind of, 
the fanfare is going to be a little different amongst the comedy scene. So this thing's funny across the board. <laughs> and I think that anyone watching this is going to get entertainment value. Now, you and me watching this together, every cameo that happened on this, I knew who everything was because this is my, this is a movie for me. The, um, you know, how they may, and I, and again, I didn't really know how they were going to make this movie. I didn't know that this was the story that we were going to do. I didn't know, of course, and I, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know about the funny or die thing. Uh, Russell, I don't think funny or die is a thing anymore, mm -hmm. but no. that's why they had to put it up there because it was a property, uh, was a short film, right, Randy? Oh, uh, uh, that, yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah. it also, even if they didn't have to put it up there and it was dead, I could see them doing that because this movie's meta like that. Yeah. And also, yeah. and also kind of like, hey, remember that thing? Um, <laughs> I can't remember funny or die. Well, that, well no, because that, that thing was like 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh, when they did that, the, the parody track. And I barely remember it. I was like, oh, that's funny. But for them to do a whole movie with it, um, and Russell, you hit it. This, for me, this is the best thing Daniel Radcliffe has done. <laughs> It was a good movie. He's, he's so good. Yeah. Um, and it was perfect casting. And truly, I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. Uh, in terms of a, a full-fledged studio comedy, and that's what I'm going to call this Roku original film. Uh, man, How weird. So funny. Randy, so funny. Why is it attached to Roku? Do you know? I don't know. That's who picked it up. They probably financed it or something, or at least helped well, with it. Here's the thing. Roku, you could Google this movie right now. Just put in weird streaming and you could watch it on your computer. Here's the other thing. We talk a lot about Tubi films and how they have commercial interruption. Wow, did Roku make me appreciate Tubi. There's something about warning you when a commercial's coming up that kind of gears you. And there was twice in this movie when we watched it, did we play a game where we were guessing, are we still in the movie or is this a commercial now? And uh, I think we were wrong both we were times. One, I know. I think we were one for two. Okay, we were one for two. But man, they felt like invasive. They were annoying. I went to the bathroom. You know, I got a narrow urethra. I just couldn't pee in time. You had to pause the movie. A lot of problems here. Did not like the Roku uh, adaptation. Also, while we're talking, <laughs> let me bring it back to alt comedy again. Because I'm still wrapping my head around it. Here we go. Jeff Dunham. Yeah. Alt comedy? He seems like he should be alt comedy. No. He's a little out there. No. No. He's no. He 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 would kill in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, uh, and so like know, Larry the Cable. Well, guy? also, I mean, I I think Dunham's got a residency in Las Vegas, which is oh okay, perfect. Why you, not? You that's, know, Weird that's, Al couldn't that's, do that. That's what you should do. I think Weird Al could do a residency if he wanted to. I feel like Weird Al is um he's a house name. He's a household name. Like everybody knows his name, yeah. whether they participated in any of his art or not. And the thing is, here's, he has always been him. And even with this movie, they could have gone dirty. Yeah. They could have, dude, this is a PG-13 level thing, if that. Like, it's pretty tame throughout the whole thing. He's he's doing what he has done. He's riding the horse that got in there. And it's the funniest thing. There's nothing off color in this whole movie and it crushes. Now, Again, this movie, um, to talk a little bit about the comedy, as I've just watched three comedy feature films, and I'm an expert on it now, and I've been hanging out with Clark, and this movie was made for him. 
So couldn't love it more. I just, I really took to the craft of the film. And one of the things I was talking about with like film nowadays is that everything has to kind of play on a meta level, like with Spider-Man three and having all the different people who played Toby, like this movie did that to like the 10th degree. There were layers upon layers here of like winking. Um, the fact that it's a biopic and it's a lie yeah, feels like it's totally in the lane of like faux documentary in like a weird way, but it's not. I mean, we, we watched a couple interviews after and like him recording the first song in a bathroom is a real thing that happened. Yeah. But it's absurd. So you would never know that. Or like him getting his first accordion from a door to door salesman is a real thing. But when I watched that movie, I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, that's a great way to introduce the, yeah. the accordion that could never happen. And everything in here, the writing is so on. Like, there's a moment. Um, I, can you spoil this movie? I don't know. I don't think you really can. Just have fun. So, like, one of my favorite jokes was when he's uh, rekindling his relationship with his dad. Played and, by Toby Huss, uh, the dude, wonderful Toby Huss. So good. And, you know, he, he discovers that he's written lyrics for um, Amish Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing about that is it seems kind of like that's a good joke, right? Like, oh, cool. I'm going to take my dick because he was Amish. The thing is that it's I was telling Clark that the Coolio song is actually a cover of a Stevie Wonder song. So, like it makes sense timeline, like that kind of detail where it's like, no, 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 it's not a non sequitur joke. Everything in here works. Also the storytelling is there. Chekhov was working overtime on this movie because everything is a fucking call. Everything pays back. Pays Dude, off. Everything is a well thought out. Even the story, like for a movie like that, the problem with a lot of those, not another teen movie or like, you know, superheroes eight. They just don't give a fuck and everything's non sequitur. And it's just like, hey, watch yeah. Kevin Sorbo in 300. That's funny, right? Yeah. The 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 family guy effect. Exactly. Seth MacFarlane-ization. Um, this is completely counter to that. Everything is thoughtful. There's visual jokes going on. Like there's a fight scene that happens in a diner, <laughs> which, oh my God, the punchline of what, what would I do without you? Yeah. I didn't see. I felt like a child. There was so many. Like, okay. The, the way I try to look at comedy now um, is it's like you're a magician and you're just trying to trick your audience. You want to keep them guessing and always on their toes, right? That just doesn't happen a lot, especially when you watch a lot of movies or you listen to a lot of comedy, except it does happen when you hear great people because they just, they think differently. They have different perspective. This movie, man, multiple times, I'm just like, I didn't think they were going to keep building on this joke and never in a million years... Like, here's one, uh, Just Eat It, being an original song. How did, like... Completely original. Completely original. And you know what? It's like... And then I, Michael Jackson. I, never in a million years would I have thought, yeah, just claim that one of these was original. Like, that would have never come into my head. So I, I turned on and I said, who the fuck wrote this movie? And she's like, oh, Weird Al. I'm like, dude, it's perfect. I think it's a perfect film. Yeah, which is why... It's the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, man, it just, uh, it, but, was, it was great to see. I mean, heroes of mine. No, here's the thing. We, we got to talk about it. I knew we were going to come in here. We're three white men, and we're just going to love this fucking film about a white comedian. Word. 
And what we're going to overlook. Yeah, but he has very ethnic hair. Here's the thing. That's true. Here's, God, you, it reminds me of, okay. I'm sorry, small tangent. On RuPaul's Drag Race, there was a very, uh, dare I say, woke contestant <laughs> who um, wanted to do uh, Bob Ross as a, for a Snatch Game. And Ru was like, okay, well, what are you going to be wearing? And she was like, well, I was trying to think of something to do with the hair. And she's like, you're not going to wear a fro? And she's like, I just don't feel comfortable. And she went, excuse me? Why? And she's like, it just doesn't feel right for a white person to have a fro. And she said, Bob Ross has a fro. White people have them. Yeah. And now this, is a, this, is a, this is RuPaul telling you, what the fuck are you talking about? And the whole time in this movie, I kept thinking about that, and which is not the movie's fault. But I just, I was like, oh, maybe somebody's going to have a problem with this. No, Clark went on Letterboxd, and the problem they had was with the unethical treatment of Madonna. <laughs> How fucking stupid is <laughs> You mean Madonna, who uh, runs the drug cartel in Colombia? <laughs> Who runs the Medellin drug cartel in this film? Dude, she was, uh, who, who, uh, gets Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. Oh my God. Evan Rachel Wood, who plays her? Wait, who? Yeah. Evan Rachel Rachel Wood. Wood. Yeah. I was talking Tombstone, the Doc Holliday character. Who's the, who's the broad that gets him all sauced up? Oh Oh, my God. I'm looking at two cool guys. You have you ever seen Tombstone? Yeah, but no one knows that actor, actress. Oh my God. She's nobody. She's nobody. She's nobody. All right. You this don't know. <laughs> no, dude, it's fantastic. Um, what was your favorite part of this movie? Um, every second. No, pick a scene. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, I couldn't love the opening more when he's, you know, in his bed listening to Dr. Demento. His mom comes in, tells him it's dinner time. And he pops out of the bed and... <laughs> From his bed, she pulls out a Hawaiian shirt, and then we get the title sequence. The best way to open up this movie. <laughs> um, and then we're just off to the races. And then Toby Huss, just it sets it up so perfectly. And yes, we are doing the uh, Dewey Cox thing, but the big difference between Walk Hard and this is that Al's playing the joke on himself the whole movie. And so everything is about him. And like, and the way he is even like, you know, uh, it's my dream to uh, make songs using other people's music. And like every time he would mention that. So like the joke is always on him and he's just having fun with the whole thing. And it's just, it's just a joy the whole movie. You know, the, the main difference is that Walk Hard is all about calling out the tropes of the biopic. Yeah. Where Weird just plays them. Like, one of my favorite parts in Walk straight. Hard is, uh, yeah, it plays them straight. Straight. Where in Walk Hard, he's like, you know, this is a dark fucking period. <laughs> where he's got, like, zoo animals in there, and he's addicted to drugs, yeah. and he's in bed. And in this one, it's just strange to see Weird Al, like, turn to alcohol because Madonna's peer pressure. Him. <laughs> dude, the direction you can't call which direction it goes. And also you were talking about, dude, I don't know what's going to happen next in this movie. Literally. Yeah. No. Literally five seconds later, you know, she's abducted by Pablo Escobar. Yeah. God, what a good <laughs> man. And even when you know what's coming, you don't like they, it's fantastic writing. Um, I have to, I have to give credit where credit's due. 
And I promised from now on, I will never call, I'll never call him Moonface again. As this movie actually made Rain Wilson ta- palatable. I um, I actually, I actually really liked him in it. He was great. And I was shocked because the minute he appeared on that poster, you got excited because you knew who it was. Yeah. But I was like, I'm confused because that's Rain Wilson. And that's usually a bad sign for a movie. <laughs> that was a perfect casting. But then you get this shit where like the first the first time he's ever going to play is at a biker bar that's hilariously violent. And then Rain Wilson is in the back of the bar alone <laughs> in a booth drinking a martini in a tuxedo and a top hat. <laughs> And it's just like, God damn it. Like never in a million years. Like, you know, you see the exterior shot and in your head, you're thinking of all the things that could happen. That wasn't one of them. Rain Wilson in the back drinking a martini. And I was like, oh, perfect. They're just, he won't talk. But then he started talking and you know what? I didn't hate it. Yeah. This movie just fucking worked. And and also like we, Weird Al is a fucking genius. Yeah. It needs to be said. Yeah. Uh, for you know, say whatever you want to say about his quote silly little songs. This fucking script is perfect. Um, this movie is fantastic. It's hilarious. Um, and to answer your question, my favorite scene was the barbecue scene at Doctor Demento's house. Um, because that I mean that's cameo that's cameo central. Yeah, that's a really um good one. like just this ridiculous backyard barbecue with Salvador Dolly, Andy Warhol, Divine, um Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim, Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, Frank Zappa, Wolfman Jack, Wolfman Jack Dude. with Jack Black, uh Das Malchian as a, as I'm from Queen. I'm the basis from Queen. Dude. Um, the Pee Wee was great. I, those, are, those are from the guys from uh, Lonely Island. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh. The, um, the guy who was... Uh, oh, who, who did I say Demetri Martin played? He was uh, Tiny Tim. Yep. Demetri Martin was Tiny Tim. Uh, Randy, who was your favorite cameo? Oh, you know who's Divine? Nina West. Oh. <laughs> Nina West, no uh, shout out is. to the drag queen Nina West who works with Gross Uncle who does our podcast. Oh, art. really? Yeah, out in Ohio. Hell I think yeah. Grant did um, a lot of her production. Damn, she was divine in this movie. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. What a, what a cool thing to do. And hey, she was divine. <laughs> um, my favorite scene in the movie. I gave, I gave Randy. No, hold on. I'm, I'm more important than Randy. I'm introduced first. We went over this about 100 episodes ago. I'm sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Probably Paul F. Tompkins, but I also really liked Johnny Pemberton as the a singer of the punk band. Yeah, Pemberton had he the notes. I know. Um, yeah, Pemberton was great, dude. Paul F. Tompkins, it, he cracked me up because like the the camera wasn't even focused on him, but his eye, his facial expressions were yeah. so intense. Um, and to play Gallagher and uh, also you know uh, to be a bitter, miserable person, which Gallagher is. <laughs> Uh, that was great. But uh, Conan as, as Warhol. Conan and Weird Al, I can't explain to you like how important those two guys were. And uh, Conan, man, to see him as Warhol was great. Yeah, I wish Conan was just in the room with everybody else. You, you kept saying, <laughs> like, would they have Conan for like five minutes and yeah. then shot him yeah. by himself? Well, you know, to, to his credit, the way I imagine it happening is that he's like on the lot or something. And he's like, oh, shit, I want to be a part of this, but I got to go. And they're like, well, you could do that. And then he did it. Yeah, that's in my head. And again, you know, we, we deal with found footage horror and you're I'm constantly thinking of the craft. And 
this movie, there was a moment where I was like, is that a real fact or not? And it's when um the Led Zeppelin offered to get back together to open up for Weird Al. <laughs> and he's like, no. And he's like, why? He's like, I already promised it to uh, Howie Mandel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, and I, I, I turned to Clark and I said, is that real? Did Howie Mandel really open for him? And uh, I don't know. He may have opened up for Howie. You know, that's an interesting thing. Now, back in the day when I met you and we were working in a warehouse together, there was a band there. Yeah. And you kept talking about doing a tour with them in Mexico where you would open up. Yeah. And I kept thinking, what a weird bit. Oh, like that didn't happen. Like, what a, honestly, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> if we, we should have filmed that thing. And, but I was like, that doesn't happen. And then I, I don't know why, because I'm a glutton for punishment. I've been going back. And listening to all the Maynard James Keenan appearances on Rogan and just hearing him talk about having David Cross open for them. And especially with like Pussifer, I'm like, oh, I kind of get it because I would be totally into that. You know, people, uh, some comedians can pull it off and they've kind of brought it back a little bit. The whole combination of music and comedy. Um, and also you'll see it like, uh, Chappelle does it like, you know, he'll bring a DJ uh, like uh, Hannibal Burris do it. Mm -hmm. I think Hannibal Burris is like fully gone into music now. Oh, um, like he's producing like for, he's really producing music right now. Um, so yeah, it's like, you've seen this, this mesh of comedy and music, uh, for a while, but it's still kind of a tricky thing to do if you don't do it, you know, correctly. Like, right, you know, within the proper fan bases and things like that or outside like a fucking cruise boat. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping one of you would look up if Howie Mandel opened for, <laughs> for Weird Al because I really want to know. I, I anyway, imagine. Again, we'll move off of this. I really loved it. Again, my favorite scene, which again, just, you know, we're in the third act. We're, we're rounding third. We're coming home and just shit just keeps catching me off guard. But when we slipped... <laughs> Oh, so subtly into the fucking Oliver Stone Doors movie in that live performance. I, yeah, you know, it was just one of those things where I'm looking at him like, oh God, he's got no shirt on. He's got the black leather pants. Then the band started playing because I said it out loud. It was like, oh fuck, are we doing the Doors right <laughs> now? And I was trying to think, did he ever parody the Doors? I don't think he did. Right? Mm. I don't think Weird Al ever did that. But then the band started playing. I'm like, fuck, man. This movie just fucking worked. I um, I mean, I was completely shocked. I kind of figured it was going to be good because Terrell told me about it. He was like, I, I, Ter <laughs> you know, I love Terrell. Again, if you're not watching Blu-ray Tuesday, you're fucking up. It's on YouTube. But he's been busy doing a lot more creative end shit. So he's like, dude, how do you watch movies? And I'm like, you got to squeeze them in. And he squoze in. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> And he gave it three and a half. And he was like, that was a great movie. And I'm like, whoa, if you liked it, yeah, something's going on. Too solid. And I, yeah. The fact that it, it, I don't understand the Roku thing. This thing could, it should have been. I, I wish I did pull the clip now. Cause there was a little intro from Weird Al where he said like, oh, it's an Roku original. Yeah. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. Uh, Rain, did you have any other thoughts on it? No, agree with everything you guys said. I was a, uh, a big Weird Al head growing up. Um, so yeah, I pretty much expected to like it. Didn't know what the movie was going to be. I assumed it would obviously be funny, but totally makes sense that it was just a straight up parody of biopics and, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
was a parody of him. So smart. It's, it's yeah. So smart. So funny. So funny. <laughs> no, I, you know, honestly, um, actually who cares? We've talked enough about the movie. Randy, have you ever played an accordion? No, I don't even think I've tried. Seems hard. You know, oh, yeah. I knew one person, I knew one person that owned an accordion and I always wanted to play it. But I just, it it had to be in a private setting. The I wasn't t- going to do that in front of people. The Thomas Lennon accordion scene is also very good. Yeah, no, it's really Where Toby good. beats the shit oh, out of How do we not talk about the fucking polka party? The polka Man, party is so good. The polka party is exactly what I'm talking about, where you, you have a premise and then you just keep building on it. Yeah. The fact that the police shut it down, I'm like, how did I not think about that happening? Because it's just so old. And them talking about Meyer and Cohen or whatever. Oh, my God. Dude. I totally was getting um, fucking Tim Heidecker in I Think You Should Leave when he's like the jazz snob guy. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my. Man, this movie was so good. So good. He did have a Doors parody called Craigslist. Huh. Excuse me? Weird Al. What year what's, did that come what's out? What's it a parody of? Um, oh, I mean, according to Wikipedia, it's a style parody of the Doors. Interesting. Oh, oh. original song. But it know. was uh, released close to when the Craigslist killer was going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound fake the more I'm reading it. I mean, it's perfect. Al knows how to stay in the news. Dude. <laughs> I really wanted a nod to Jeopardy because that's one of my favorite things because I love that song. Um, well, I, I wanted a nod to him being on Wheel of Fortune with Little Richard and James Brown. Oh, that actually which has given me, which is one of the best pictures of all time. Wait, what? Where it's him, Pat Sajak, uh, Little Richard, oh. and James Brown. It's so good. Well, I meant just the like factoid that he uh, brought that show back on the air with his parody song. Yeah, like there, what he did have some power in culture. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he just wasn't living in that mansion. Also, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, and. And also, you know, people always say that, you know, he's uh, reportedly the nicest man on the planet. Now, I mean, that that award currently is uh, Kevin McTurk. Hold on. I'm having that weird moment where I know a story, but I don't know if it's actually if I own that story. Yeah. So here uh, the audience won't hear this part. Was it you that knew a girl that dated Weird Al? No. Who knew a girl? Oksana. Somebody we talked to somebody who her her friend has been married for a very long time. Was it Weird Al? I think it was no Weird idea. Al. Okay, the maybe you know, Weird Al is probably like sixty years old. Yeah, but he gets around. Also, he keeps uh, it weird in the sheets. Also, I'm gonna out you right now, dude. Uh, Randy Russell didn't even know that that was Weird Al as the record. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. Oh, really? My boy kind of stole that scene for me, dude. Forte? Yeah, Forte. True. I couldn't stop looking at him. That's what he does. <laughs> he steals. That's what he does. Doing what he does. All right. So, so I would watch that right now. Yeah. I'd it, watch it a fantastic again. movie. And I again, I, I'm so happy that I had the privilege of watching it with you because I think all, like who who um introduced Weird Al on stage that you went crazy for? Oh, that was Michael McKeon. Again. And I'm like, it, I didn't land. And I think I know him. You should. But he's so old now. Yeah. He, and he looked really and old. I was there. looking at him like, wait a minute. Holy shit. That is. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know his name. And though. also for him to be like the sleazy club guy. And I, you know, he is, you know, the face of Spinal Tap. I think that was a good little nod to have him in there. But Michael McKeon, Michael McKeon was actually, um, dude, he's got to be, he's got to be 70. Uh, but when he was like 40, 
he got put in the cast of Saturday Night Live. Oh. And he was already huge because he he got big in Laverne and Shirley. Okay. He was one of those guys. Man, how do you know this? Squiggy shit? and whatever. <laughs> Lenny and Squiggy. Is that the guys from uh, Laverne and Shirley? I actually used to watch. You never watched? You were a naked night kid. You never watched yeah, Laverne and Shirley? It never, none of that shit sunk in. It was Dude, just kind of like. Schlaville. Schlaville. <laughs> Vandavan Incorporated. Whatever it says. You're trying to get us canceled? That's what a good show. What the fuck was that? Some Kanye rant you just <laughs> went on. <laughs> Uh, watch Ari Shafir, Ari Shafir's well, new special. Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir's new special, Jew, on YouTube. It's very good. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. Oh, my God. God I can't. I, yeah, I'm not an Ari fan. I, yeah. All right. I'll try. Ari Aster, not a fan either. God. I'll also, real quick, you mentioned Thomas Lennon. Did you guys see the commercial for the uh, Roku original Reno 911 defunded? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wait, they're doing another one. Dude, they're, I enjoyed yeah. the QAnon cruise. Y'all should watch that. RuPaul again, too. Wait, so didn't the guy who directed this direct Reno 911? I think I saw that when I looked. I at think it. he did some. I, he had probably directed you know, some comedies and stuff. Uh, yeah. TVs. And, God damn. You know. All the cameos in here. Seth Wait. Green? I didn't see him in there. So, Randy, what's this called? What's it called again? Reno 911 defunded. What a good right, man. Again. Um, Josh Groban, like that, you called that. I don't know how you know these people's faces like that. I bet Brandy probably called them all too. No. I didn't notice Groban. I did notice Lin-Manuel Miranda though. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda was a doctor. Uh, Randy Groban was the, uh, waiter. Okay. That he smacks the like flame in the on out. Yeah. (laughs) Also, again, I feel like we didn't spend enough time on it, but I just want to give a shout out to Daniel Radcliffe. Who's looking ripped? And I think it was uh, what a great move for his career. And also, it goes as thank you. Uh, I meant to say that it just goes to show how smart they were with casting. Oh yeah, because they knew they had to get somebody who could play this straight. Well, also, and they had to get a serious actor. Here's another thing: the fucking Dementor joke. Yeah, <laughs> you know it worked on multiple levels, though. He's like, "Oh, you saying you want to be my mentor?" And who the fuck is that guy that Rain Wilson was playing? Dr. Demento. So he's like, no, I want to be oh, your Dementor. Yeah. And I'm like, that joke works in world, but also as like a fourth wall IP thing. Nearly every joke has that effect. I God, it's it's yeah. it's it's it could not be tighter. And that's why Weird Al is the only person to make a career off of parody songs. Because if you're like me, I know at some point in your middle school life, you tried. I know I did. Without question, this is one of the better <laughs> comedies I've seen in at least a decade. Dude, don't uh, go Amer- to- For American comedies. Oh, yeah. Let, let me be clear on that, because, you know, you can't fuck with, like, men and chicken dog. Well, comedy film has been gone for a minute. So you, I'm- you, can't, you can't fuck with a Tony Airdman, bro. Here's the which only they thing. tried. They should have shown this in the theater. I mean- I don't know what Roku's policy is, but man, I'd like to watch it in a theater. I think I Al's think trying to uh, trying to get a movement going to try to get it shown in theaters. I mean, if it fucking worked for Terrifier 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. Dude, Alamo? I feel like it would crush in an Alamo theater, which uh, Clark mentioned while we were watching. I'm, I totally agree. Oh, dude. It would It'd be perfect. This movie's great. Yeah. All who, right. who wouldn't Who wouldn't enjoy this? All right. Now. I say that, but, you know, because the, the, look. You you nailed it. This movie's for me. You know what? I fucked There's up no too. But in our, God damn it. You you wouldn't know. But I've mentioned this before on here. 
we have pre-show meetings. And in fact, we script the whole show. Everything yeah, is scripted. I, I know where you're going. And I realized that we talked about this before. That the order of movies we were going to bring it up yep. in. Yep. And I totally fucked that up. It's my fault. I own it. Okay. Here's, here's what you need to know. Randy, cut this out if you need to. I have been holding in a shit for 20 minutes. <laughs> Go to the bathroom. Um, I No, it's we're talking cramps level and I'm in pain. <laughs> so uh, I, I like, you know, we still got tiny cinema to talk about. Yeah. Um, but how do we want to play this? Because uh, if we can wrap this up in 10 minutes, I all will right, continue to fight that fight. Let's do a teaser. Um, Randy, leave all that in. Yeah, leave it in. Again. <laughs> Again. If, if you're worried. I'm going to go pee though. So I'll see you guys in a few. Oh, you fucking idiot. I. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. It's not good for you. Yeah, I'm sweating. It hurts. Here's the thing. You might think the show's going off the rails. It's all scripted. We planned this whole thing. Okay, but back to the script. Actually, that was in the script, too. See, we're doing layers here. Oh, we're yeah. Tiny cinema. We're going back to the day of the butt boy. If you remember the film that I said I would never watch due to the title, butt boy. Is that how this happened? Did I make you watch butt You made boy? me watch it. You're like, I've watched it twice. You're going to watch it. And now. you were like, all right. And I'm like, all right, if you're pumped about it, I'll watch it. Tyler Cornack, yep. right? I always want to call him McCormick or something. Like, I think it's a it's a Ren and Stimpy thing. Or, but Tyler Cormack came on the show. I don't, somebody pull up the episode number so we can plug it. Fantastic guest. Long time ago. But boy was, um, who said it was their favorite movie of the year? Um, um, John Waters. John Waters, San Francisco legend. Uh, when he says the movie's good, you pay attention to him. And then when we were talking. Is he a San Francisco legend? Uh, I think so. He's more yeah. of a Baltimore legend. Maybe not anymore, because I honestly think as far as like queer culture. Yeah. And I mean that word like. Sure. Queer, like different, like outsider art. He, like we don't, we don't have a lot of it anymore. No. Period. Like it's, we used to be like the only Dude, place. John Waters is a luminary for queer culture. Yeah. And he comes out here and he and does, has been for fucking 60 years. Yeah. He does his talking tour and stuff. And uh, I know a lot of people look up to him out here. Like a lot of the artists that remain, they all, everybody loves John Waters. Sure. He does he his loves, festival oh, in Oakland for the last like couple of years. Oh yeah. yeah. Burgerloo. In that one? Yeah. Yeah. I think they changed names now. Cause I think burger got canceled or something. <laughs> oh, canceled. And burgers. that's the problem. That's the fucking problem. If we want to make fun of Madonna, we can. Let us do it. Anyway. Uh, Tyler was on episode 218. 218. God. Ooh. Oh. Hey, my current weight. <laughs> what do you know? Dude, I'm envious. <laughs> Let me get down there. You'll get there, bro. Flip a couple of numbers around and that's where I'm at. <laughs> You're anyway. at 800 pounds. <laughs> now, Tiny Cinema is... Uh, so Tyler had a bunch of shorts that he put up on YouTube. And they were tiny cinema. They were little, like, genre, mostly horror. They were all funny. They're all great. And when he was on the show, he talked about, oh, we're going to make a feature. Well, the feature was made. And the conversation we had when we sat down this morning to watch these movies was, man, weird might be really good. And the thing about comedy is you don't want to follow up a comedy with a better or like a worse comedy. So I'm like, are we going to be burying tiny cinema by following it up with weird? We didn't know what kind of a uh, punch weird no. was going to bring. And I mean, clearly we talked about it for an hour just now. And then it's like, Oh yeah, fuck tiny cinema. Here's the thing. Tiny cinema's fucking good too. Yeah, of course. Tiny cinema is different though. I feel like it's geared directly for our audience. You come into it and we're playing off a of twilight zone immediately. And it 
Now, we had a conversation. We didn't know if this little person was from Twin Peaks or not. I knew that it was it was peculiar because he 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 kind of had the same sort of, uh, you know, facial. Uh, he looked the same. Yeah. Like, but. The age was off. Yeah. And he was because, in a wheelchair because I think that gentleman has has passed. So Paul Ford is the host, and he is fucking fantastic. Wonderful. Now, it's important to have a good host, especially when you're doing a very on-the-nose anthology Twilight Zone type thing. This movie is fantastic. Uh, think um, a the comedy stylings are very, I think you should leave, but it's shot very seriously like an A24 film. Again, or Randy aesthetic, as I would put it. We have a lot of uh, shallow focus, beautiful lighting. You and call Randy Shallow it is? <laughs> <laughs> never. Never. Um, well, fuck. You know, we spent so much time on Weird. Maybe, should we bring this one back up next week? We tell people, go watch it. Uh, there's a beautiful Blu-ray release. I think uh, Dredd put it out that Ho- we ordered. Hopefully we can talk about this uh, film a little more. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Listeners. I really liked it. And the fact that it held up after watching Weird is a testament. But now, um, earlier in this episode, Clark gave me a, a 101 lesson on alt comedy. Now, would this be alt comedy to Weird's mainstream? It Well, look, um, when we talked to Tyler, um, it was very clear that, you know, one of his influences is Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Who is, you know, one of these uh, string pullers in the alt comedy scene. So certainly, um, I think that it was a great double feature. Uh, between Tidy Cinema and Weird. Um, that would hold up any day. Uh, probably would have played Tiny Cinema first. Yeah, maybe. for sure. Um, just for me. Uh, you know, I look, I think in, don't, I don't think there was anything wrong with the order we put it in, but just energy. Weird for me was it's, just so much more. Again, it was made for me. And uh, look, Tiny Cinema loved everything about it and it's fantastic. Randy, you'd love it. Randy, you got to watch it. Randy, did you like Butt Boy? Uh, yeah, I like Butt Boy. I, I think this I saw is- the trailer for this uh, within the last week or so. It does look really good. So when we had Tyler on uh, on episode uh, 218, uh, Clark's current weight, we, he, he was talking about this film uh, because Tiny Cinema is something that he did previously um, and you can see these on YouTube. Um, so he would do these minute long shorts. That is where tiny cinema comes from. So this anthology is based upon this. And I think there's uh, six stories, uh, that he did in this. Yeah. Five or six. And, um, you know, some very short and some you think, wait, is this part of the previous one? Um, but it's so much fun and hopefully we can, uh, talk a little bit more about it and, uh, get Tyler in here. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad because we spend so much time on weird. That's okay. Um, so here's your opportunity. Go watch it, and then you can be in on this conversation. We're, yeah, we're giving us. them homework because um, there's more to discuss here. Also, there's a reversible cover in the Blu-ray, and I didn't show you this either. Mm-hmm. The fucking reverse cover is so much cooler. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Randy, pick it up, dude. Um, I, I honestly, I think it'll be right up Randy's uh, alley. Ooh. Take butthole joke? Yeah. He, well, he's a butt boy. You know what I mean? All right. Um, all right. Go take your Like poop. I said before, I have to take a dirty, dirty dog shit. So before we do that, uh, Randy, anything, any notes? Oxana, any notes? 
Anything we got? Um, I found out they're making a sequel to um, Final Tap. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking really? about? Just looking through IMDb, apparently they're next year they're making a sequel to Final Tap. Who? Who's directing? No idea. Is McKeon in it? There's not a lot of information. Okay, even on Pro you can't find anything? Can's Hot Package, Spinal Tap 2 on tap as Rob Reiner, Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shearer back mm-hmm. for Encore. Christopher Guest, again, shout out to the old host, of <laughs> the old programmer at the Alamo. You know, you know, here's my thing, um, and we'll close on this. I just... Cut me it's, off. It's the my whole... favorite quote. Let me say it. Oh, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> Mike Keegan said, the diminishing returns of Christopher Guest, which is always, it only gets more true as he puts out more content. I disagree there. It's content, not film. I liked his mascots movie. I'm one of two you people. You were that- so lukewarm on that mascots movie. <laughs> that is movie. not true. That, oh, you want to talk about 300 episodes ago. That was, Parker Posey was great in that. that. that Look was, it up. <laughs> that was Disney dungeon <laughs> shit with you and Coot had watched it. I watched. I liked it. Three. You were so lukewarm. Go back. Check it out. The Look, that creative team. Is great. Also, that creative team is old as fuck. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, you 40th know, fortieth anniversary of the original, dude. Like you know, man. Like as an idea, that's cool. Yeah. But you know, when you're that old, you've you've lost your punch, and all of these gentlemen, you know, they're they've got dentures. <laughs> Not only they lost their punch, they've lost their teeth. Oh my God. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, what, what are we going to do here? It's just going to feel safe and um, hey, not fun. It's a mockumentary and it will, will put to test the thing we just praised weird for on paper. Hey, they're all old and they're coming back. There's a lot of opportunity for funny here. It's all about the execution. So we're going to have to watch it. All right. Check that out. Uh, Spinal Tap 2 coming to uh, Home Nerium. Coming to Roku. <laughs> Hell yeah. (laughs) See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>